0: It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 9. We're talking about the danger of sin, and and listen how final this passage is. Verse number 27. It says, it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, judgment. Well, that tells us that everybody's got a date with death. If you're living, you're dying. You're in a slow process towards death. once heard a preacher say, If you don't understand what the stain of sin does, understand this. Look in the mirror today and then look in the mirror tomorrow. You've got the disease of sin in you. Death entered by sin. According to Romans, death entered by sin. And every human being has the curse of the disease of sin in your body, in your soul. And See, our our bodies are slowly fading, corrupting. Amen? Amen. And after we die, we are going to be judged. This judgment is going to be whether you are saved or not saved, whether you're born again or not born again, whether you're in Christ or not in Christ, whether you believe Jesus or don't believe Jesus. The judgment is not whether you understood salvation. The judgment will be whether you are saved. Do you see the difference? You can understand the mechanics of what it takes to be saved without being saved. So, Christ was offered, was once offered to bear the sins of many, and to them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. That's talking about the resurrection. The resurrection. Okay, let's go back over to Luke chapter 7. But I wanted you to see that when, when we die, we will be judged, and our sin will have to be dealt with if we're still in it. Everybody will be judged. That judgment that we just read about, it's talking about heaven or hell. That's the judgment. Heaven or hell. And it all hinges on your faith in Jesus. So the danger of sin is hell for those that are still in their sins. The darkness of sin. This is something else that that you must understand about sin. You must understand how dark sin is. What do I mean by that? The stain of sin. The stain of sin is because God is so holy, 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 He cannot be in the presence of sin. God is holy and sin flies in the face of a holy God. If you ever have a a hard time understanding how vile and, and how dark and how evil sin is in God's eyes, think on this. It did not take $20 to redeem you from your sins. It didn't take the blood of bulls and goats to cover your little sin. You couldn't offer a billion bulls and goats and heifers. You could not offer yourself. You could not offer your own child. You could not offer a million innocent children for your little sin. Your sin, my sin, is so evil in God's eyes that the only payment that God would accept that was powerful enough to remove the stain of sin is God Himself becoming a man and shedding His own holy blood for mankind. That's how vile sin is. When man messed up in the garden and sin processed its way down throughout creation, man had no idea how evil his sin was in God's eyes. God did everything he could try to do to get man to understand it. He created a Levitical system where you could only be a Levite to be in there. This whole uh, sacrificial system with the sinless, spotless lamb. He created the temple and the tabernacle where there was a holy place and then the holy of holies and you could only go back there one time a year and that was only if you had the right sacrifice. And you could only meet with God that one time. God was trying to get across to people that He was holy and that we weren't. God was trying to get through to people's heads how vile they were and how far above them He was. And if you'll think about now, look, we're on this side of the cross. We see the payment for the sins. Now, think about it. No other price would do. No other sacrifice would do. God would settle for nothing less than the blood of His own Son. The blood of Jesus. That's how evil our sin is to God. And I want you to see something. Remember what this this woman in our verse said that her sins were many. She knew she wasn't in trouble just because of one thing. See, the Bible says that sin runs deep. It's not that you just did this one thing one time and you need to be forgiven. It's that you are completely and utterly, in your heart, wicked. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9 that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Your heart will lie to you and tell you you're good. You're great, and doggone it, people love you. Your heart will tell you all kinds of good stuff. But your heart will deceive you and lead you to hell. Your heart will tell you everything's all right when it's not. Jonah's heart told him to get in a boat and go the other way. Your heart will lie to you. Your heart will tell you all is swell when the boat is taken on water and you're drowning. See, your heart may lie to you, but the Spirit of God will tell you the truth. And somewhere in all of us, there's a, a crossroads between your own heart that's telling you you're all good, everything's good, everything's great, don't look at me, Will run across the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth will gnaw at you till you surrender. The spirit of truth will testify till you believe. God's desire is to save souls. God's grand plan is not for you and me to drive Mercedes-Benz and retire early. (laughs) That book sells books, but it ain't truth. God's desire is that you and me are saved. His desire is souls. That's what motivated Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame. Amen? Amen. For the joy that was set before Him is your soul and mine to give every man, every woman a chance, to give every man, every woman hope. What we see in this passage in Luke chapter 7 We see a house full of religious folks that think they're all right. And we see one bold woman. We see one woman who is unashamed. Let me put it to you like this. There's not a switch where you can turn on being unashamed and then back ashamed. See, it's not a switch. It's a well. If you've ever... uh, hit a well or a a pipe before, that water just flows. You ever been digging a ditch and hit a pipe of water? You can't stop it. You got to go turn something off or get some duct tape. But that's the way that this lavishing praise is. Once you hit pay dirt and you understand the danger, the darkness, and the depth of your sin, and you understand the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, when those two worlds collide, the wells of salvation will begin to rise up in you with joy in your heart and on your mouth. Just like with this woman. There wasn't anything special about her. She just knew she was a sinner, and she knew this was the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin. It said when she heard Jesus was there. When she knew Jesus was there, she went. At some point in time, some nameless faithless, some nameless, faceless person shared with her the gospel. Who did it? It's not for us to know, or it'd be in the Bible. But at some point in some time, somebody told this person about Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, she believed. God gave her a revelation of who Jesus was through somebody's testimony, through somebody's testifying. You see, you you may testify to people, you may share the gospel with them, and you may not. You might have tried it one or two times and said, well, nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to me. I can guarantee you there's lots of people in the Bible that didn't get credit as far as we're concerned. But as far as God's concerned, God watches everything Amen. Amen. and God keeps score and God sees things that you don't see. You may say, I, I've tried and I've tried and nobody listens. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's listening. You don't know. You don't know, and don't act like you do. God didn't call you to be successful. He called you to be faithful. Amen. Be faithful. If you're faithful, God will honor that. Many people's success causes them to go astray. I remember my grandma told me that one time. She said, God didn't want us to have money or else we'd have it. (laughs) She says, some people just can't have it. Can't handle it, is what she said. God's desire is that me and you be faithful. It's not about being successful. Look at the men of God in the Bible. Successful. Peter and John walk away from their family business. But yet, everything you look at on the Christian bookstore, they don't say none about that. Gave up their business to go serve God. Walked away from fortune. I heard somebody say, you know, that the, the James and John, they weren't the lowest of the low. To even have the family business, they were middle class, if not more. Walked away from it. Why? Once they saw Jesus, their passions changed. Amen, amen. Once they realized who Jesus was, everything else in their life changed. You know, God has a way of rearranging your priorities. I hope one day you get to... You know, there's people that, that you know they need God desperately desperately. But when God's not a priority in their life, there's really nothing you can do. You can pray for them. You can beg them to come to church. You can share the good news with them. But until they get desperate for God, you could hog tie them and put them on pews. But just because somebody's present doesn't mean they're praising. The difference is found in Luke 7. The difference is found in Luke 7. Might as well have had all these disciples and all these Pharisees hog-tied to pews. Did as much good. Not one of them was worshiping Jesus with tears, kisses, and oil. But this sinner was. This sinner was. This morning... I want to ask you, when was the last time you lavished praise on Jesus unashamedly? When was the last time you worshiped Jesus with no shame in your worship game? When you, you, you just lavished it on him? Jump up and down, clap your hands, cry, get on your knees, just worship him, don't care who sees, don't care who notices. In fact, it's There's another part of this too. This woman who's... Can you just envision this woman coming up behind Jesus, worshiping Him, crying, getting down on her knees, and washing His feet with her tears? Can you just imagine this? Do you think that she would have worshiped Him differently in any other surroundings? No. She could have been in her own house, a shack house, this Pharisee's house. Walmart, it don't matter. This woman, when she saw the one whom she loved, she worshipped. It didn't matter if there was anybody, nobody, or somebody around. It did not change her. But Some people can turn it on and off. I know some people... (laughs) They don't worship God, don't talk about God more than a man in the moon six days a week. But come Sunday, they woo! Showboating it. Showboating it. You might fool your neighbors, but you're not fooling God. God knows. God knows. And I want to tell you something this morning. It's more important that you please God than you please man. Amen. It's more important that you're right with God than what somebody else thinks about you. Amen. I don't think a Roman soldier could have stopped this woman from worshiping Jesus this way. I've been around some people like that before. I know there was there was times when You know, there was something going on with me and my mom was coming. You better get out of her way. Right? I think that's how this woman was. She knew Jesus was there. She didn't care if she had beans on the stove. You think she really cared what she was wearing? What she smelled like? What she looked like? You think she cared if the air conditioner was on? I would get down and worship you, Lord, but it's hot in here. I I brought my alabaster box, but you know, the lighting in here, I just really don't care for it. I was going to lavish my praise on you, but I don't really care for this kind of music. God's worthy, whether it's hot, whether the music is the way we like it or not. God's worthy of our praise and our adoration, no matter what's going on. He's worthy. And it's time for us to begin to worship him like he deserves. I'm not just talking about during Sunday morning church. Understand this, this woman, she got to worship Jesus face to face. You don't have that opportunity. She was able to actually pour tears on his feet. Look, that's one thing I desire to do. I just have always, ever since I got saved, my desire has been to kiss his feet. Want to. But see, this woman had the opportunity to lavish that kind of praise on the Savior. But this is before the cross. You see, before the cross, He was yet to be lifted up. Oh, but praise God. The Bible says that if Jesus would be lifted up, that He would draw all men unto Himself. He did not say He would draw Him in one moment, one hour, but He would draw all men. All men, all the time, God's working on them. And on this side of the cross, God is continually drawing you to lavish your praise on Jesus. And He's not seated at the Pharisee's house anymore. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you can worship Him the same way today as she did back then. And see, today, God is seated at the right hand of the Father and He is receiving the praise and worship of the saints daily. Despite how hot it is, Despite how cold it is, despite whether you like it or not, he's still worthy. You be in Antarctica shivering and he's worthy. You be in Louisiana sweating, he's worthy. You could be poor, he's worthy. You could be rich, he's worthy. You could have all your bills paid, he's worthy. You could have negative bank draft charges and not have any food in the pantry, but God is still worthy of all of our praise. Amen. He's worthy. Not because of our present condition, but because of who He is. He's worthy. He's a Savior. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Sin of the world. That sin is dangerous, it's dark, and it's deep, right? Look in this passage real quick. Look in this passage. Let me just show you something real quick. Verse number 44. Now, whenever you get home, I implore you to read this whole passage from 36 through 50. But look here in verse 44. Now, Jesus had told a story, and He said that there was a creditor that had two debtors, One owed 500 and the other 50. Both of them were forgiven. The 500 and the 50 were both forgiven, right? And Jesus said, which one's going to love the guy most? And Simon said, the one that was forgiven, the 500. I mean, that's logical, right? If you owed $500 and somebody else owed 50 and both debts were canceled, who do you think would be more thankful? Come on. Who do you think will be more thankful? The 500? You want me to share with you what this woman caught? She caught that she's a 500. Most of us think we're 50s. If you think you're a 50, you're going to praise like you're a 50. But when you know... I'm a 500. I done messed some stuff up, Lord. When you know you're a 500, that's when things change. That's when things change. It says in verse 44, He turned to the woman. He said unto Simon, See this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wipe them with the hairs of her head. Can I ask you a question? What a testimony. Wouldn't you love to be able to worship Jesus like this? Even though His physical feet may not be here, you can still lavish praise on Him. Not be like, "It's it's, it's too hot for me. This music is just not my cup of tea. She didn't care. She didn't care. Look, you ever cried so much that you, have you ever cried so many tears that you were able to wash somebody's feet with them? That's a lot of tears. And I dare say, without being gross, there's probably a lot of snot too. (laughs) You can't really keep yourself composed when you're crying enough to be able to wash somebody's feet. That's some deep crying. She knew she was a 500. The secret is we're all 500s. But how you view your sin has a direct correlation on your worship and your praise. How you view your sin has a direct correlation to how much you praise He said, My my head with oil thou did not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. You see, the 50 loves little because they think they've been forgiven little. If all you think of God is he's just a get out of jail card, you're going to love little. If all you think is there was just one sin one time and God forgave that one sin, you're thinking in the 50s, you're going to love little. And listen, do you know that every single one of us in here, we probably all know that we're 500s. We probably all know we're 500s. The problem is when you forget that you're a 500. When you forget you're a 500, you're going to leave your praise in the closet. You see, God made you to be a worshiper. And if you'll ever keep in mind that God saved you from being a 500, you will always lavish praise on God like He deserves. Amen. Again, I am not just talking about during church on Sunday, during worship service. Your life is should worship God. Jesus said that in John chapter 4. Those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The greatest commandment, according to Jesus, is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor likewise. What's God looking for? See this. God's number one priority is, don't steal, don't kill, don't do this, don't do that. His number one priority is: love me. His number one priority is that you would love God with all that you have. He's worthy. He's worthy. He deserves it. He is the only God that has ever existed. From eternity past to eternity future, He's the one that made this universe and He's the one that knit you in your mother's womb. He created you. He breathed life in you. And one day, your spirit will return to Him. He's the author of your life. Once you get to heaven, you're not going to need faith. You're not going to need to pray. You're not going to be able to witness. And you're not going to need faith. Today, today, you can lay down an offering to a God you can't touch. Because you believe. And the Bible says, in Hebrews chapter 11, God rewards those that diligently seek Him. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.